0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live streamed event this Sunday, our live streamed church services, and the Walk in Truth podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and the conclusion of his message in Galatians 5 called Freedom's Opportunities.
1: A lawyer, Luke 10, 25, stood up. A lawyer is a scribe or an expert in the Mosaic law of the day, not a lawyer as we would know it. He stood up and put Jesus to the test. He said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? Since you're an expert in the law, you're a lawyer, you're a scribe, how do you read it? What do you think is the most important? Jesus turns it back on him. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God, the lawyer says now, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and notice, your neighbor as yourself. Now he quotes Deuteronomy 6, five and Leviticus 19.18. Deuteronomy 6 is the famous Hebrew Shema, the prayer that Faithful Jews would pray at least a couple times a day, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with everything that you are, just to summarize it. Leviticus 19.18 often coalesced with that command, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, this guy, uh, he's got it, right? He, we, we see this confirmed by Jesus and Paul. He answered correctly, and Jesus says to him, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. Isn't it interesting? The man stood up and asked Jesus a question to test him. Now, who's being tested? <laughs> the lawyer. Jesus is so brilliant. And he turns it back on the guy, now has him answering his own question. And Jesus says, Hey, you, you've answered correctly. He says, Do this and you will live. Do you think the lawyer was doing it? Are you? But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? Is it the people on the immediate left and right of my home? How about a couple doors down on each side? Who is my neighbor? How about that, Jesus? Dun, 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 dun. Now he wished to justify himself, but notice what Jesus says. Jesus replied and said, Here's a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. They stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest, here's a religious guy now, was going down on that road. And when he saw him, what did he do? He passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, here's another guy who is in service of the temple. Also, when he came to the place and saw him, poor man beaten up, left half dead. What did he do? He passed him on the other side. Now imagine the man is listening to the story along with others who have heard the question and the dialogue. A Jewish audience, but a Samaritan who was hated by the Jewish people, who was on a journey, came upon him. When he saw him, what did the Samaritan do? He felt compassion. There was love. Compassion is love in action. And he came to him and he bandaged up his wounds. He was willing to... Go to him and have compassion. He poured oil and wine on them. He put him on his own beast. Notice all the actions. He brought him to an inn. He took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii. Probably would give the guy about three weeks or a month at this inn. Gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands, Jesus says to the lawyer. And he, the lawyer, responded and said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. It would have been hard for the man to say, the one who showed mercy was the Samaritan man because there was such a racial conflict going on at the time. And Jesus told the story intentionally to say, you can be religious, but if your religiosity doesn't bear fruit in compassion, if it doesn't show neighborly love to someone who's broken and hurting, if you can quote verses and light candles in a structure, but you can't help someone who's been left half dead and bleeding, and you go to the other side of the road instead of intervening, then you don't have true fruit in your life. And each one of us, as we read Jesus's words here, we have to take a hard look at our Christian walk, don't we? We have to look at the way in which the church operates, and when the doors reopen, when we come come back by God's grace to normal life, how will this story impact your walk? You know, I, I'm a man who spends a lot of time in the Bible, and I can I can navigate the scriptures pretty well at this point, point break down words and understand context and all of that stuff. But if I can't leave these doors and show compassion to somebody, if the love of God is missing in my life, I can be a great technician. I can quote Bible verses left and right. But if I don't have the love of God in me, 1 Corinthians 13 says, I'm nothing. I I could have all wisdom and all knowledge. I could offer myself in martyrdom. I could have every spiritual gift, have all the eloquence of angelic voices in heavenly halls. I could sing with the best of them. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And it profits me nothing. Could it be, brethren, that during this time, God is saying to us that the the biggest missing piece in my church in these times is that they've left their first love. That they are good at doctrine, they're good at this, and good at that. Not that we shouldn't be, we should. But what kind, of, what kind of outreach does God have for us when we return? What's he calling you to do and me to do? And you know, we struggle within the church just to get people to teach Sunday school Let's be honest. A lot of the time, to keep all the standard ministries back to Galatians uh, going, and uh, there's there's some some heart searching that I've been doing, and I pray that you've been doing. And here's what's happening in the Galatian church, and this is what happens when we get caught up in the flesh: is we start making it about us, and we start instead of bearing fruit, we start take instead of building. Others up, we start chewing into them. Check this out. This is verse fifteen, and we'll just we'll just go up to um, verses fifteen and sixteen this morning. It says if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. You will be destroyed by each other. The flesh can be utterly ruthless. And if we're tree B, if we are so consumed about ourselves, instead of edifying, we start hurting other people. And this, this can happen in the best of churches. Biting and devouring. These are strong terms. In fact, these are terms, if you look them up in a Greek lexicon, for the ruthless behavior of animals as they are fighting like cats and dogs, you could say. The words here speak of animals biting and devouring engaged in the fury of a deadly struggle. If you've ever seen it before, if two dogs fight and are going at it and they begin to bite each other or you know, maybe even something even worse, it's ugly. The flesh can be ruthless. Uh, I saw a video recently of a dog... Uh, I can't even remember how I came across it, but a dog that had been ab- abused by its owner and it was being taken into a shelter with many other dogs and they had it in a kennel and this dog was beat up and scrawny and showing its teeth when anybody got near it. And uh, the shelter that was taking it in was trying to love the dog and there was a, a gloved hand trying to reach out and just pet the dog and the dog was gnawing at the glove. <laughs> biting it, and, and just really defensive and protective. And little by little, as that gloved hand came nearer and nearer to that dog and began to just stroke its face, and it was no longer seen as a threat, that dog calmed down. It became more and more uh, passive, and eventually it began to lean into the hand, that gloved hand, and began to just enjoy the strokes of love. It had been so beat up, so gnarled by a ruthless owner that a dog, which, you know, every dog, when treated rightly, is all heart. It became so defensive. It just couldn't help but nip at that That glove. It had been so hurt and so wounded. And that's why a lot of people bite and devour others. That's why they're so defensive. Because they've been hurt so many times. So many chunks have been taken out of them by church people. By people they expected to treat them well. That sometimes that's why people are defensive. Because they've got wounds and hurts. And we have to... Bring that gentle hand of love into the kennel, so to speak, and say, no, that's not what we're here for. We're not trying to take something from you. We're trying to give. And you watch people who have been bitten and devoured by others begin to lean in to the strokes of love, if you will, and realize that there is something true and beautiful. And they showed this dog later, and it's in this... uh, uh, place where they have all these dogs and there's multiple dogs there and it's it's running around it's now been healed a couple months later freely playing with the other dogs, the uh, tail wagging a beautiful picture of restoration. See, when we get self-focused, we begin to bite and devour. Even the apostles were doing that to one another at the last supper, the night before Jesus would die on the cross for them and show them the love of God at the cross. They were trying to destroy each other. Oh God, if the whole law is fulfilled in this one word, would you help me to love as you love? You might say, well, how do you do it? How does anyone love in this way? It can't be you. It's got to be the love of God.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael
1: in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance at the next 633 event about navigating the times we are now living in with the coronavirus. We have this tremendous panel. These are professors from Biola University like Dr. Jacob Daniel, Dr. Jim Johansson, and Tony Costello, who has an MA degree in apologetics and in theology. Some brilliant theologians, Mike Massaro, the voice of Walk in Truth, and yours truly, Pastor Michael Lance, will be there, will be part of a panel to take your questions, and to help you navigate the times. Navigating the Times will be live-streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel on Sunday, May 17th at 6.33 p.m. Subscribe for free today so you know when we're live. Visit walkingtruth.com and click on church. That's walkingtruth.com and click on church.
0: Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222, Again, that's step closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called a step closer and you can text step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
1: See, when we get self-focused, we begin to bite and devour. Even the apostles were doing that to one another at the last supper, the night before Jesus would die on the cross for them and show them the love of God at the cross. They were trying to destroy each other. Oh, God, if the whole law is fulfilled in this one word, would you help me to love as you love? You might say, well, how do you do it? How does anyone love in this way? It can't be you. It's got to be the love of God. God is love. See, you can't generate this love by willpower. It's got to be by spirit power. So many of us are trying to love people in our own strength, trying to overcome struggles with our flesh in our own strength. We can't do it. But I say, 16, walk by the Spirit. Here it is. And this is in, in the Greek, this is very strong, brethren. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And in context, the previous verse was hurting other people. Sometimes we read Galatians 5, 16 as, Oh, I won't give in to sexual sin. And that's true. And that's coming in the vice list or the fruits of the flesh. But in the immediate context, the desire of the flesh is hurting other people, not loving them the way we're supposed to. These these are our biggest struggles. Verse 16 is a beautiful promise about divine enablement, about spirit-promised power. Paul, says one writer, is fundamentally optimistic here. To walk by the spirit is a common Hebraism for conducting one's life, and thus To walk is synonymous with living. In the previous message, we talked about running the race. Uh, We talked about the war in in Galatians 5.17. And here it's a walk. We walk by the Spirit. It's about a pace of life. It's about a habitual way of life. And there's a tension here in verse 16 that I want to mention. Sometimes uh, we can be in one of two camps. Sometimes we say, uh, the, the walk of the Spirit is just this passive thing where you just kind of sit uh, and, and you wait until the Spirit empowers you to get your feet moving. And there's a little bit of truth in that, in that, yeah, we need to sit before the Lord, but, but our walk is also an active, we're an active participant. Here's the tension of these verses. Because there's a lot of verses that challenge us in terms of, for example, work out what God is working in you. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a lot of call to action verses. Put on the armor of God. In other words, God supplies, but we must put on. This is the tension in Galatians 5.16. It's an active walk. It's deciding to open your Bible. Your Bible's not going to fly from your bookshelf and open to an applicable page for your life for that day. You've got to make a move. You've got to open your Bible, right? It's not going to fly to you. But once you've opened your Bible, the supply is there. Your car will not say, time to go to church. Maybe one day they will with all the technology and pick you up in the driveway and get you to church. you got to make the move. But once you come, aren't you always, at least usually, glad that you came to church? Because the word of God is preached and the worship of God goes up. And when it does, the things of the spirit begin to push out the things of the flesh. Man, we're in a war. Verse 17 Uh, just we'll touch on it and it will help lead us into the next section. For the flesh, here's the war, sets its desire against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. There is a war. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Here's another way you could translate this, brethren. You're not under the power of sin. See, you're no longer under that weight because when you're spirit-led, all of a sudden you're free to be who you were called to be. You're not under a weight of trying to produce it from the flesh, of trying to get yourself saved or stay saved. Uh-uh. The spirit-directed life is a life of freedom which flows from the power of the spirit to a willing vessel. Here's the picture. The water flows, it comes out, but you got to get under the water faucet and take a drink. The Pacific Ocean keeps flowing with the waves, but you got to come with your cup and take a scoop of the water. This is the tension. See, there is a war going on. It's in verse 17. It's a war between flesh and spirit. The life of the spirit is doable, but it feels like a war Don't surrender to your sin. The flesh digs its heels in against the spirit. The spirit opposes the desires of the flesh. See, the spirit has desires for you. Delight yourself in the Lord and you will have what? The desires of your heart. The more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more your desires become his desires. The more he puts desires for good inside of you, to serve and to love and to do noble, beautiful, righteous things. See, the war is doable and winnable, but you're in a war. And this will help explain for some of you why it feels so tough. And if anybody tells you that it's easy, they're not being truthful. See, it's a battle. But the battle belongs to the Lord. And the good news is that as you walk by the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit's coming into that life-giving tree. Fruit just starts popping up. Yeah, you got to be planted. Yes, you got to stay in your Bible. Yes, you got to realize that you can't feed the flesh. You got to feed the Spirit. But as you do those things, you find victory. See, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. In, in the questions that are available for you to Uh, work through, one of the questions talks about Romans 7, and there Paul said, you know, I want to do good, I wish to do good, but I find another law in my flesh, and it's a battle. And Romans 7, around verses 15 through 25, he says, man, I joyfully concur with the law, but I find another law in my flesh my flesh. What's my flesh? It's my still unredeemed humanity. It's my fallen nature, if you will. And it's still there until I get a glorified body. I'm still going to wrestle with it. But the more I learn to walk by the spirit, the more I drink in the things of God, the more I take in the word of God, the more I meditate on his word day and night, fruit, fruit and more fruit comes. And the things of the world grow strangely dim. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this section in Galatians 5. Freedom gives us so many beautiful opportunities, and we want to walk through every door to be fruitful, to be uh, servants of our great master, to find uh, true freedom in serving and loving others. Father, would you forgive us for the times that we've made the Christian life all about ourselves, all about our tastes, all about what we want, and sometimes we've missed opportunities. But I also want to thank you for a beautiful and wonderful serving congregation that has demonstrated that life of the Spirit, that love for one another. And I pray that it would grow, that it would abound more and more. That love is here, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it, but I pray it would abound more and more in my life, more and more in the life of living truth. And as we move forward, Father, our impact, because of the love of Jesus, would just be, it would blow our minds. I I pray that you would do a work of blessing on the other side of this coronavirus that would just be nothing short of your glory and for your praise. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great time to open up your life or to rededicate yourself to the cause, uh, if you will. It starts with trusting in him and his Finish work at the cross, his triumphant resurrection. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, ask him into your life. You don't have to have a perfect prayer, but it does need to include repenting of sin and false gods and all that stuff and just trusting in him and him alone. Ask him to let you be born again of his Holy Spirit. Tell him you want to follow him as your Lord and Savior. And get into your Bible. Maybe start with the Gospel of John and just read through the entire Gospel of John. And if you're a a saint and you've recently rededicated your life, stay in that word, be that Psalm 1 man or woman and you'll be fruitful. And uh, I just pray that the Lord blesses you. He keeps you. His beautiful face shines upon you and he gives you shalom and gives you peace.
0: You've been listening to Freedoms Opportunities Part 3 on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 13 through 21. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, you can subscribe to our Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. So visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com and click on church. Now you definitely want to subscribe to the Living Truth YouTube channel and click on the bell because we're doing a live stream 633 event this weekend. Yeah, it's true. Pastor Michael got some guests from Biola University and myself, and we'll be discussing how you can navigate this crazy time we're living in. Even though some places are opening again, we're still not quite back to normal yet. But what is normal? Should we be going back to the way things were? Well, we'll be discussing that and any questions that you might have. So again, this is a free... Live streamed interactive event and it's called Navigating the Times. And it's this Sunday at 633 PM Pacific Time. You can find our YouTube channel when you visit walkintruth.com and click on church. Now make sure you come back tomorrow for a message from Matthew Colomi in Luke 15 called God Loves to Reclaim Lost People. Pastor Matthew is the leader of the high school and young adult groups here at Living Truth. And his message will be inspiring and bring hope. So make sure you listen tomorrow on this radio station or the podcast. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, bless, and equip you during this crazy time. God bless.